This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Round of the break for the Celtics. Goes around the world. Oh, the circus game in the Boston. Walker for three. Kemba Walker from downtown. Tatum drives down and throws it down. Wow. Rebound. Gordon Hayward for two. Gordon Hayward with a corner crash. No block out. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westerholm, Celtics beat writer for MassLive.com. I am joined by Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe. Nicole, socks with slides, okay or not okay? Definitely okay, in my opinion. Thank you. Not yes. that I wear slides, but I have worn Birkenstocks before, which I feel like are kind of similar, and I've worn socks while wearing Birkenstocks. Okay. So that's kind of like the... I feel like socially acceptable version and like socks and slides is like the basketball acceptable version. It, it is like kind of a look. I'm ready to hoop at any time. I just have my shoes in my backpack. Why are people against it? I don't know. But like Celtics beat writer Jay King of The Athletic tweeted something about socks and slides because we were all waiting for the Zoom call to start up with Brad Stevens and, and everybody today. Like basically all the beat writers were just bored and scrolling Twitter. So I tweeted back that, yes, absolutely. Socks and slides are a good thing and they're, they're fine. A bunch of people disagreed in the comments. So <laughs> any further thoughts on socks and slides there, Nicole? <laughs> really not really but your zoom call comment though normally when we wait for media we wait at the practice facility and we're all sort of together and there's some camaraderie amongst the writers and you don't really realize you're waiting because you're sort of talking to everyone else or at the very least you can watch them get shots up participate in shooting contests mess around there's something for you to do whereas now we're all just in our homes staring at our computers just waiting for brad to come on to talk to us for like five minutes get everybody the same quote and that's another thing when we're in person you can get people one-on-one -on -one after right now it's just like everybody's getting the same stuff so it's if we sound a little down i think it's we're both just sort of in that space right now yeah, I mean, the other thing about practices that's fun is like, like we don't get to watch the actual practice, but we get to watch the aftermath. So we might see like Tatum playing one on one with Taco, you know, like we might see something crazy, like or just see something like funny or something like that. Just something to give a little extra color to some of these stories. Right now, it is just here's what was said to us. This was said to me. This was also said to Nicole Yang and Jay King. And we are all getting the same quotes. It's not making for the best of content. And not only is it just going to local media, but because it's Zoom calls, yeah. 
any reporter can come in now. Like at the very least, when we're at the Auerbach Center, it's only Boston media or people that are on a specific road trip or something. Now yeah. it's like any NBA reporter across the country can just tune in and ask a question, which is great. It just means more people are getting the quote and more people are tweeting the quote. So it is funny to watch like the initial trickle of people. Well, I guess it's more of like a, it's more of like a gushing water of like, here's everything that was just said. Like, you know, everybody like tweets out the quotes Yeah, about like 45 minutes to an hour later, you start to see the same quotes trickle across your timeline again, but just this time with like a link at the bottom. So yeah, we, we need basketball back. Um, but more than that, we need a vaccine for uh, coronavirus. So and so cheering for you, Moderna. <laughs> all that being said, too, if there are specific things that you want us to talk about, like, please DM us. Or Dear email God, us yes, please. Us because <laughs> if there's anything, like, even if it's not related to the news cycle, just anything Celtics related or about us that you want to hear about, like, let us know. Like, no topic is too crazy. <laughs> But that does bring us to, uh, I wanted to touch on, uh, we had a, a listener DM me, so I don't want to like say the, the handle just in case they don't want it out there. But the listener was wondering if there was any chance Nicole and I could explain Rob Williams' tweet. Um, he said, effed up our friendship. He, and he said effed. He did not type it out here. Effed up our friendship. Yeah, I'm sorry. Take the fall for that one. And the follow-up to that was Terry Rozier responding, saying, because it's been like two years since we texted, she think I'm beefing with Apple. It's a Rilo Rodriguez song called Court Date that Nicole did not know. I also had to Google it for being 100% honest, but I do know who Rilo Rodriguez is. But yes, uh, it was a quote from a rapper, which is something that Rob likes to do quite a bit on Twitter. Yeah, so if you ever see Robert Williams tweet like some sort of line like that, that seems... Uh, a little emo? <laughs> yeah, like a little deep, or I don't know what the right word is, but that's usually a song lyric. In the past, Rob would often post Instagram stories of him either singing along to certain rapper hip hop songs or post lyrics to that. He really likes NBA Youngboy. I forget what had happened, but after one of his press conferences last season, he said like free Youngboy and free Kodak too. So I think he yeah. likes Kodak Black as well. But He's he a actually, big Kodak guy. He actually got a pair of custom painted NBA Youngboy sneakers. They say never broke again on the toe. They're red and black. And Which, incidentally, if anybody doesn't know, never broke again is what NBA stands for. Not in basketball terms, but in... Right, no, but NBA young boy. Yes, thank you, Nicole, for <laughs> clarifying that the NBA is not the never broke again league. <laughs> I'm wondering if Rob's going to... If these are like his game shoes, like if he's going to wear them on the court or if they're just for fun. But they're like Paul George, they're PGs, so he could yeah. hoop in them, I guess. So what else do you want to talk about, Tom? So the, the good homie, Jay King, disagrees with a take of mine. He and friend of the show, Jam Packard, talked about whether Grant Williams looks skinny or not. In his Zoom call with the media, Grant was wearing like basically a, you know, one of those tight sleeveless shirts. And I thought he looked like really skinny. Like I thought he looked like he lost a bunch of weight. Not that he, obviously he wasn't like fat before or anything like that. I just thought that he looked like a lot more cut kind of in like the torso-y kind of region. Jay disagreed. Jam agrees. Uh, where, where do you stand on this, Nicole? I don't know where I stand exactly. I will say my first impression when Grant came on to the camera was that he looked more like sculpted in mm. terms of his arms and stuff. So I think he definitely has a little bit more definition. 
but I can't really tell if he looks like skinnier. Especially because now that I think about it, I feel like when I picture Grant, I don't picture him wearing like a really tight white compression tank top. Yeah, so that's I true. Can't really like recall. That's true. Grant is not one to like dress in a flattering way, which is something that he will joke about like all the time. Uh, he's much more of one to like throw on his University of Tennessee t-shirt and pair of shorts. So that's that's a solid point. And I mean, I would be interested to know like if Grant wants to lose any weight because he's pretty mobile for his size anyway. Like he's he's obviously very strong, and like I think that does a lot for him like he needs to be really strong because he's six foot five six foot six and they've got him playing in the Celtics seven playing small ball center I don't know that he would want to lose a lot of weight but I thought that he looked thinner but still strong like I thought that he looked like he was ready to go and I think well one I'll just note that that was a big priority for him at Tennessee when he first got there after Grant got drafted I talked to Rick Barnes and Rick Barnes said like no he was like straight up chubby though Like he wasn't in the state that he's in now. So I think Grant's body has always been sort of tied to his performance, like most players, but in particular with him, because at Tennessee, they made it a priority for him to drop a lot of weight. And then the second thing I'll say is that I think the time with Kemba probably helped, whether that was intentional or not, because as we know, Kemba has a personal chef, Chef Chianti. And I am not sure, but I assume like most rookies, especially rookies outside of like the top five picks don't have like a personal chef yet. I'm not saying Grant's diet was like bad necessarily in Boston, but I'm sure his diet was a lot cleaner while living in North Carolina and they were working out so often. So it could have just been like not intentional, but like obviously an added bonus of living with Kemba. For sure. There's a huge difference between just like eating relatively healthy and having a chef. I mean, I mean, I, like I, I like to think like I'm vegan. I like to think I eat relatively healthy, but there's such a huge difference between like, you know, me dropping a big handful of lettuce and putting a bunch of nuts on top of it and eating that versus having somebody who's like, okay, not only am I going to like create something that has all your macro ingredients, it has all the protein you need, it has all the carbs you need. Also, it's going to taste really good. So you're going to want to eat it. Because let me tell you about that salad with the nuts on top of it. It's not that good. And I do not want to eat it. There's definitely a a huge difference having a a chef. And I, I think you're right. I think that probably did make a big difference for him while he was in Charlotte. And just kind of Kemba is a is somebody who cares deeply about basketball. And I think that probably shows like I don't know that much about Kemba's like work and everything like that because he's a pretty private guy but but I, I think that like being around somebody like Kemba who cares so much about basketball and who cares so much about like making sure that he can play basketball for as long as possible probably makes a big difference for a rookie even a rookie as smart as Grant you know somebody like Grant who has probably given some thought to that seeing up close somebody who's been in the league for like a decade and who's been a star in the league for a decade I'm sure that made a difference for him. Well, okay. So going off of what you just said, so I just wrote a story and I think this is also contributing to my down mood is that, so I just published a story about the day before the Celtics left for Orlando, five of them went to visit Coco Fernandez, who is this barber in Waltham and he cuts the hair of 13 players on the team, which is a lot. And like, I feel like rare for one barber to have such a hold on an NBA team. And so I went in for the last day and like got to watch like five of them get their hair cut. And it was a really good learning experience. One, to just hear Coco's story and how he became a barber. And then also just see those guys sort of in a more relaxed setting. Anyway, the reason why I'm down is because they weren't wearing masks in the photos. So a lot of the comments on the story on bostonglobe.com are about the lack of masks, which is a completely fair critique. 
per the barber, they weren't wearing masks because they hang out so much outside of the shop that they just feel like it's not really necessary to wear masks in the shop. And then had like outside customers come into the shop, they would have put on masks. And whenever he cuts the hair of customers outside of the shop, he wears masks. And that's in the story now. And it wasn't in the story originally. And I just wish that like we had put that in originally. But anyway, so what I wanted to bring up out of that story was that Kemba had also opened his house to Tremont Waters because Tremont was on a two-way deal. He didn't have like an apartment in Boston. And because of these unique circumstances, he's able to go to Orlando now. So when he had to come back for the mandatory workouts, he had no place to stay. And he could have booked a hotel, of course, but Kemba invited him to stay at his house, which I thought was one, just like another example of how great of a guy Kemba is, especially to the rookies. And two, sort of like what you said, I feel like that even though it was a lot shorter than the time that Grant spent with Kemba, I feel like that was probably very formative for Tremont, especially because they both play point guard. Tremont has looked up to Kemba for a long time. I mean, he's, there was all the stories where Tremont said, like, yeah, like, I, I'm from Connecticut. I watched Kemba. Like, I, I um, you know, there's like a picture of him with Kemba when he was young. Like, um, yeah, I'm sure that was a big moment for him. So at the shop, he goes, Kemba, can I show Nicole the photo? Kemba was like, yeah, I don't care. Like, it's up to you, dude. It's your photo. And he was like, okay, look at this, but you can't take a picture of it or like send it out or whatever. And it's that photo of Tremont like cheesing when he was however old and Kemba was at UConn. And he goes, I'm going to tweet this out if we win the championship. That's cool, actually. So yeah, I thought that was really cool. And even though it was probably like maybe like a little bit longer than a week, I do think that it made a pretty big impact on him. And I I do think Tremont is like, he'll be on an NBA deal next year yeah I mean he was then I don't know but he'll be on an NBA contract I would be surprised if he's elsewhere Um, I think the Celtics really like him and I think but that being said he opened a lot of eyes this year I think a lot of people got a chance to see him uh, you know rookie of the year in the G League like was he second or third in MVP voting in the G League like yeah like really good player I just wanted to say about Nicole's story it was good you guys should definitely read it I don't know if she's gonna tweet it out or not because she's kind of a coward about tweeting things especially when uh, there might be some controversy involved but it's a good story so you guys should go read it I'm curious too because it's like it's got to be hard for these guys to really take social distancing and COVID seriously at this point not because they like don't recognize how serious the situation is But just because, like, they're being told by the league that they play for, like, by their employer, hey, you guys got to go down here. Like, we got to all participate. Like, it must feel strange for these guys to be like, you know, like, let me me throw on a mask before I go to the barber or something like that when they are going to be around a lot of people and exposed to a lot of people. And I I get that, like, you know, masks aren't just for you. They're also for the people that you're around. Like, obviously, I, I totally get that. But it has to feel kind of strange for them to be like, I'm taking this super seriously and I am going to Orlando to play basketball. You know what I mean? No, totally. And I will say that they wore their masks walking in. Yeah, right. And then once they got in and got into the barber chair, they took them off. What you said, what you described sort of goes along the lines of how, okay, even in the bubble, no masks at practice, but then when we play cornhole or go for a bike ride together, we wear masks. And it's like, if you didn't get exposed during the cornhole game, you were definitely going to get exposed at practice the next day. I don't know. So Tom and I are not mask truthers by any means, like (laughs) coronavirus truthers, like... Definitely please wear your mask. Um, Wear your masks, yes. No, my point is just it must be strange for the players. All right, well, we'll take a break there and hear from Bet Online. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. 
Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? Bet Online has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Tom, what else did you find interesting from this week? I was happy to hear that Marcus Smart has not had any further complications with COVID. Really good news to hear from him that he just said like, yeah, thank God, but I've had nothing, um, you know, nothing beyond just basically the diagnosis, it sounds like. So really glad to hear that that all cleared up and that there wasn't any lasting damage because as we've seen over and over with this disease, like sometimes that isn't the case. Definitely. Not to get like too dark, but I do wonder whether there are maybe like because he was asymptomatic, I wonder if there are like issues arising like under the surface. I don't know. I, I guess my point there isn't that like, oh, is something wrong with Marcus Smart? It's that we know so little about coronavirus. It's kind of wild that we're like moving forward with the league and stuff without necessarily knowing how exactly this affects players' health, especially players' health long term. It's just kind of scary. Cause yeah, he feels fine, but he felt fine and he had coronavirus. So <laughs> There just could be something lingering, which worries me just in general. For sure. It is still sort of a mystery what is going to happen to you if you do get it. So it's a scary thing. Uh, What what else did you have? What what, what other things uh, stood out to you? Well, so, okay. So in addition to Marcus, we heard from Gordon Hayward, Grant Williams, and Brad Wanamaker since we last podcasted. And during Gordon's availability, I was really close to asking him whether his gaming equipment arrived safely, because I know Robin sort of ID'd all of those packages as fragile, but I also didn't want to become like that reporter that constantly is asking Gordon about his gaming equipment. (laughs) So I held back, but I am curious how much Gordon is gaming in the bubble. Um, I did think it was funny, though, that he said that we wouldn't catch him on the golf course. Somebody had asked him like, are you into golf? And he was like, no, not really. I'm not good at it. So you won't find me there. And then literally the next day, Jason Tatum posted a video of Gordon at the driving range. (laughs) So I thought that was kind of funny. Well, he said, you will not find me on the golf course right now. And the driving range is not the golf course. The driving range is where you go when you feel like you might embarrass yourself on the golf course. I have spent a lot of time at driving ranges and not that much time on golf courses. That is a fair clarification. The one other thing I I think we should probably touch on, we've gotten a couple of Kemba updates, nothing like groundbreaking, nothing particularly like surprising, but I I do think it's notable. It sounds like there was still some discomfort. You know, it wasn't just load management. It wasn't just like trying to preserve him. It sounds like there was a little bit of discomfort still. And I think the Celtics got kind of scared straight in terms of earlier this year, he had some discomfort and I think he tried to play through it. And, you know, he kind of further caused himself problems in the Celtics now or just like nope straight and narrow we are going to make sure that this guy stays as healthy as we can possibly make him stay in part because I think you know he maybe may have tried to play through some stuff earlier this year good to know that Kemba it does not sound like Kemba is going to be limited when the playoffs roll around it sounds like they're really trying to limit him right now and into scrimmages he hasn't necessarily been practicing very much I mean, still been getting shots up, but he hasn't been practicing with the team. But I would be surprised if we see him for very long at all. I would, I'd be stunned if we saw him for more than like 10 minutes, 15 minutes in these scrimmages. Um, and then when the seeding games roll around, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, if he's under 25 the whole time. So worth keeping an eye on. 
For sure. I think people seemed surprised when Brad said that he didn't practice again today because people were expecting, especially after the team's day off yesterday, that he was going to be back on the court. So I still wouldn't raise like too much alarm just yet. So the thing that Brad said about it was that they have him on a one day on, one day off schedule. And they opted to have his day on be yesterday, which I thought was kind of interesting because you could have just like taken an extra day off and then had him practice with the team today. So it feels very intentional to me. It feels like they're trying not to have him do much practicing, not, not to put too much stress on it, you know, mostly get shots up, mostly do that kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't raise, you know, super alarm, but I, I think it's worth monitoring. I think it's worth being slightly concerned about. I, I think that like this could be something without any like reporting, but it's just like reading the tea leaves and seeing how much time he's been missing and how this hasn't necessarily gone away after a few months. It does feel like there is at least something there that this isn't just something that rest is going to fix necessarily. Totally. Because if rest could have fixed it, he would have been fine. You exactly. would think. I think people were like, under concerned and that's not a word but like I think people weren't as concerned as they should have been prior to the hiatus like as Kemba was dealing with these knee issues I feel like everybody sort of I mean we were at a different point in the season obviously like it makes sense to start resting your players and he had been healthy like when he first missed a game because of his knee I think it snapped a streak of like 281 consecutive games or something it was like a wild streak he was very upset about that streak so he had been healthy for a, a pretty long time so it's not like it's Kyrie for example who has like chronic knee issues that if his knee's flaring up okay there's a lot of reason to be concerned that this is going to be an issue but now I feel like knowing what happened back then and seeing how the situation is now, I agree that like, okay, this definitely is an issue. It's not just like a one-time thing or like a flare up or something. For sure. All right, Nicole, let's close up shop here. Last thing, we're going to do the scale uh, of how confident we are that the season is going to end. Zero being the season has been shut down. The NBA might never come back. Everything's over. 10 being a champion has been crowned. So last time I was at a six. You were at an eight. Where are you now? Well, first, I just want to note Tom's half glass empty perspective in that we're rating our confidence in how much we think the season is going to end as opposed to the season's going to finish. I don't get it. You, you phrased it as, okay, how confident do we think the season is going to end as opposed to how confident we think <laughs> the season is going to finish? Like you picked the negative outcome as opposed to the positive outcome. It's true. So anyway, that amused me. But All right, pop psychology Nicole over here. All right. So in terms of good news, nobody in the bubble has tested positive yet. And they've been undergoing like daily tests. So that is good news. And that means theoretically coronavirus should not enter the bubble if they follow all the protocols they set up. Theoretically, if this was like a true bubble. We know it's not a true bubble, but if this were a true bubble, you would think that this is a really good situation. That being said, that does give me a little bit of positivity. The other piece of good news, I think, is how seriously the league does seem to be addressing players breaking the rules. Like Rashawn Holmes of the Kings literally just, like I think, like stepped over the line or like went over the line to get his delivery food, and he now has to quarantine for the 10 days. So I feel like the league is taking these infractions seriously. I think where my concern in terms of like maybe not so good things, one is that the snitch hotline has already been used. They've been there officially one week today. 
And I guess I would like to know sort of what those infractions are. Like, is it similar to Rashawn Holmes? Like, oh, they just went to get their delivery food or they were caught not wearing a mask while playing cornhole. Or are these like, no, players went to X restaurant or players did, you know what I mean? Something a little bit more severe. And the fact that the league has given warnings. So again, like, I'm glad that they have taken it seriously with something as small as like what Rashawn Holmes did, but it's like, okay, what were the warnings then? Why was what they did worthy of a warning, but not worthy of quarantine? Like, what could that have been, you know? So that sort of lack of clarity around that situation with the snitch hotline makes me just have some doubts. So I would say I'm definitely going down. I think I am at a 6.5. I still want to be over the five. Like, I am still hopeful that they can make it to the end. But I'm definitely knocking it down just because within the past week, we've already seen violations and that's only been a week. So I think as players get a little bit more antsy and when they're in there longer, it's possible that those violations only increase. For sure. I'm going to go down to a five, which I guess is kind of, yeah, I guess that's right. In the, like, like that's right in the middle, right? Like it, it could happen, could not happen. I, I am less confident than I was. <laughs> So doctors in Florida were given a dire warning by a uh, University of Miami infectious disease specialist who says that this is Miami, not Orlando, but still Miami is now the epicenter of the pandemic. What we are seeing is Wuhan five or six months ago. We are now there. It is very bad in Florida. And again, like we've talked about this before, but like Disney workers coming in and out, they are the part of the bubble that makes it not a bubble. I'm coming down a little bit. I mean, I really shouldn't. Like, I should stay where I'm at because nothing has has realistically changed. Like you said, all the players who tested positive were outside the bubble. Nobody within the bubble has tested positive yet. Things seem to be working, hopefully. Daily testing, all that stuff. Hopefully things are still working. I just, the numbers are scary, so... And the thing about the Disney employees, like I get it if you're going to ask players to sacrifice up to three months of their life away from their families and also amid a pandemic, you should definitely provide for them. But the thing about the Disney employees that kills me is like, obviously you need people to deliver food, clean the rooms, things like that, do the basics. But then it's like, okay, Dwight Howard posted a video by the pool and there was like a little tiki bar with people serving like cocktails or mocktails. And it's like, okay, is that 100% necessary? Like, do we need like handmade drinks? Again, I get it. You want to like provide like an atmosphere for them where they feel like this is still fun and they can be comfortable and have like outlets outside of their room and outside of basketball. But that one, I was like, Uh, I don't know if we really need this. Yeah. And then another one was when it's great that they're able to go fishing. It seems like a lot of players, not the Celtics yet, but a lot of players have taken advantage of the fishing. And it's fun to, you know, see them hold up their catch and things like that. But then I forget which player posted it, but there was a video of one player on a boat. And of course, there's like a Disney employee like manning the boat, which is safe. And there should be a Disney employee there, but... It's like, again, like, do they need to be on the boat? Can they just fish from like a dock? You know what I mean? Or can they have like smaller boats that can be like self-operated? Things like that. So that I feel like is um, a smaller example of the NBA bringing 22 teams instead of 16 teams. It's like, okay, if we're going to do this, we need to bring 16 teams. Okay, we need to bring some crop of Disney employees. But why are we bringing 22? Why are we bringing like these sort of non-essential Disney employees? And I wonder how much of like the tiki bars and that kind of thing are just to like try to add like 
any amount of like normalcy that could help you mentally because like I, j- I just think about how how strange it would be like we've talked about like how you know people are going to miss their friends they're going to miss their families they're going to miss their kids it's just got to feel strange it's just got to feel off and i mean everything feels off anyway so i wonder if that that makes it worse yeah i mean joel Embiid's hashtag on his instagram before he left was perfect hashtag get rich or die trying uh, on that note, that's a, that's a perfect place to leave this podcast, I think. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, everybody who reaches out, like we really do appreciate that. Like it, it means a lot that you guys listen, that you guys hang out, that you guys talk to us. Please feel free to DM us to get in touch any way you want. Hit us up with, uh, with your thoughts. You know, let us know what you think. We, we appreciate any of it. So we will talk to you guys all again on Monday. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.